Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget, or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com/fine. Visit IXL.com/fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com/fine. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Hey, by the book listeners, Kristen here. Did you know that you can receive a weekly by the book affirmation mini-sode plus the rules of every book that we've lived by? It's easy. All you have to do is become a member of our Patreon community. To learn more, go to patreon.com slash listen to buy the book. Again, that's patreon.com slash listen to buy the book, or just look at the episode description from today's show. The following podcast contains barnyard language and some adult content. So, maybe listen on headphones if you're at work or around small children. Now, here's the show. Hey, Jolenta. Yes, Kristen. It has been one week since we lived by <sighs> breath, the new science <laughs> of a lost art. And you know what that means. It's time for another By the Book mini episode. That's right. It's time for another By the Book epilogue. And this week, we are looking at the aftermath of living by breath, the new science of a lost art by James Nestor. We got so many responses, Jolenta. So many on this book. So many. <laughs> Shall we start with some people who actually read the book and liked it? 
Of course we should. I love starting there. <laughs> Let's start with Jennifer, who wrote in to say, I appreciated this book and have picked up several tips that I now use. It does showcase how little the science community knows about breathing. I have been taping my mouth shut for over a year, and now I rarely wake up with a super dry mouth. I also slow breathe on my 20-minute drive to work. I love my job, but sometimes I get a little anxious before I arrive in the morning. Jennifer, so glad that those tips worked for you. The mouth taping, which uh, didn't really work for us. <laughs> There's a lovely mouth taping discussion going on at our Instagram by the book pod, too. Lots of hot takes. Lots of people like it. Yeah. Now, Lisa Jane is in the same camp as Jennifer. She says, I really liked this book. It was part of what inspired me to learn to nose breathe, which took me months to learn, definitely a lot longer than the two weeks Jolenta and Kristen tried it. I recommend mouth taping. You can start doing it while just relaxing on the couch for one minute as you slowly get used to it and work up from mm. there. As for the weight loss references, I didn't even notice them. And I skimmed over the other cure-alls as well as the animal testing parts. I like the, like, working your way up with mouth taping. I've also seen someone do it with KT tape, like, with a hole for their mouth, like, sticking out. Like duck lips? Like, there's a strip of tape across your whole mouth, but then you have your lips, like, cut out. Yeah. But it's not, like, holding it that close, but it's just sort of, like, a reminder of, like, hey, don't open this too wide. Interesting. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. I also want to point out something Lisa says about like, oh, I skimmed that part. I didn't notice that part. Right. That is the way most people read self-help books because they're not doing it the way Jolenta and I have to do it for the show. <laughs> yeah. A lot of times people be like, what? I don't even remember that part. And I read it recently. And it's like, yeah, because you had the luxury of being like, that sounds weird. <laughs> Where we're like, write it down. That sounds weird. We got to live by it. <laughs> exactly. And we also have this letter from Hannah who says, I appreciated this book as an overview of many different breath practices. I think that's what it's best read as. Yeah, Hannah, you're not alone. A lot of people yeah. said that they didn't even think of this as a self-help book, even though there are instructions throughout the book on how to do these things yourself. And it's definitely in that category in like bookstores. Yes. A, a lot of people are like, no, I just thought it was like a research book or a book, you know, giving an introduction to what these practices are. I, I didn't even realize that, you know, when I read the book that it was telling me how to do it at the same time. But yeah, maybe that is the best way to read it is just this is a way to learn more about different kinds of breathing techniques. Yeah, yeah, just a way to dip your toe in. Yeah. Now, Jolenta, it is time to get to some letters, though, from people who read the book but didn't like it as much as Hannah, Lisa, Jennifer, and all the other folks who liked the book. Yes. Kelly wrote in to say, I was so excited to listen to this podcast. My father-in-law gave me this book, and I could not get past the first chapter. Reading quotes by Joe Rogan and claims that breathing would <laughs> cure cancer or other major illnesses just had me rolling my eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to speak ill of any podcasters, but Joe Rogan often reads as a red flag to me. <laughs> <laughs> One thing Joe Rogan specializes in is we have to look at this issue from both sides. And sometimes there's not two sides. For example, <laughs> vaccines. We really need to give just as much airtime to people who are anti-vax as pro-vaccine. And it's like, 
really, Joe? I don't think there's two sides to that issue. Joe, you didn't care when my college needed all my vaccine records, but all of a sudden you care about these vaccines? Sure. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if there's two sides to that issue. Yeah. Climate change? Maybe not two sides. You know, some Mm -hmm. things don't have two sides. Yeah. Don't always need to be devil's advocate. Yeah, devil can advocate for for himself. (laughs) (laughs) He does plenty. Yes. Let's move on to this letter from Nicole who says, This book is a great reminder that studies are like scripture. They can be used to support just about any cockamamie notion. There are so many studies that have been discredited over and over, but no one cares. Also, side note, we evolved smaller mouths. Chewing crunchy veggies may help our teeth become stronger, but it's not going to enlarge our mouths. I say this as someone with a background in biology. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Thank you, Nicole. Studies are like scripture, and (laughs) a lot of studies also are done on such a small number of people, too. It's like, oh, this study was done for two weeks on, you know, just this very small population of mice. (laughs) I swear to this day, the college class I think about most is psychological statistics because it was like a weird way to like sort of half take math, but not really. But also because it taught me how to read studies more critically and start thinking about like, let me look at the actual study. Is this the context in which it was supposed to be applied? Like, oh, no, it has nothing to do with breathwork, really. Or like, oh, like Kristen said, there were only seven applicants to this study. So their findings aren't that statistically significant because their sample size was uh, teeny tiny. Yeah, we were only recruiting from the student body in the psychology department. Oh, we were having everybody self-report what they were doing. And people, when they self-report, tend to want to make themselves more virtuous than they are, (laughs) You know? Yeah, tend to want to please the person they're reporting to. Yes, exactly. All of that. So very good points, Nicole. Krista has this to say. Most of the Mew research in this book stems from two British doctors who were trying to find dental hygiene biohacks. Reminder, mewing is a breath technique recommended in the book. It is pseudoscience and has been heavily adopted by the alt-right incel crowd. I don't know how you get from mewing to being an incel, But I am curious about the journey. Not curious enough to look into it too hard, but wow. I went down a rabbit hole, though, because of Krista. Oh, you did? I did. I learned a lot about the crossovers between the biohacking communities and the incel world and not wanting to be a beta. Mm. You know, a beta versus a Chad or an alpha. A a quote-unquote submissive type man versus like assertive. Exactly, exactly. I I hate that we know all of this lingo. I hate it so much. A lot of people in the incel world love biohacking. Mm. Look at Jordan Peterson, for example, who has done some nutty stuff. Like he only eats beef and maybe vodka? I forgot what else. It might just be those two things and water. I think that's all he does. That's very keto. You know, your clear liquors and your meat. And nothing else. He doesn't eat anything else other than those things. Yeah, no, I forgot like optimizing your body and like, yeah, biohacking and like... Being manly, growing a bigger penis is a lot of it, oddly. I was gonna say... And like going back to like caveman values, I could see how that can like lead to some weird incel shit. But let's move on, can we? (laughs) 
Yes, yes. Let's get past the incels. Let's not talk about them anymore. <laughs> We've given them enough thought for today. Um, let's think more about breath work because a lot of you listeners out there were very divided about the idea of breath work, like just in general. Some of you are big fans, like Crystal, who says, I play the tuba and teach music, middle school band chorus, and general music. I think about breath all the time. Breathing exercises are really useful for lots of things, and I sometimes use them to get my students to chill when they're overly amped up. (laughs) Yes. Students do get amped up in music class. (laughs) It's fucking exciting, man. Yeah. (laughs) What a great break from the routine to, like, go make your own music. Yes. But, yes, I have also employed sort of some breathing techniques, masquerading as games to get younger groups of children quiet and it most often not always usually works (laughs) amy has this to say i've had severe asthma since i was a kid so i often think about breathing learning yoga breath work box breathing which is essentially counting one two three four as you breathe and just very slow deep breaths have been helpful to deal with stress anxiety painful situations like dental work and is crucial when i'm having an asthma attack I can totally relate to what Amy said because I used to get asthma attacks when I was younger and I used to also panic while having them because of course you're panicking, your airways being restricted. Mm -hmm. And then that panicked breathing starts hurting the situation even more. So yeah, learning how to deal with stress, how to calm yourself down while getting medication and other things definitely can help a situation. Yeah. On the flip side, a lot of you find breathwork to be completely wrong for you. Kristen, not our Kristen, a different Kristen, <laughs> Kristen with an I-N, says, I am someone with respiratory issues and find breathwork completely intolerable. Focusing on my breathing seems to take my body and mind right back to struggling to breathe in a hospital bed. And yet people who do breath work love to tell me, focus on my breathing, even when I let them know what it does to me. It's exactly as helpful as all the yoga and essential oils fix everything, folks. I also relate to this because sometimes no matter what you try to do with your breath, your body has its own fucking idea. And there are times I would sit in yoga class while I was having a lupus flare and didn't know it and would be like, it is so hard for me to sit this way and breathe the way they're telling me. What's wrong with me? Turns out it was lupus, nothing to do with like my adherence to the breath work. And some things just don't fucking work with breath work. Yeah. And what you're bringing up here, Kristen, other listeners have brought up throughout the years, especially when meditation comes up in books we live by, because meditation and breath work have also been found to be very problematic with people who have a lot of trauma. Um, For a Mm. lot of people, it just uh, is a great way to get flashbacks, to relocate them to that moment of trauma, to bring back those memories of, in your case, not being able to breathe in a hospital bed, in other people's cases, having other terrible things happen to them. So Breathwork and trauma, there have been more and more studies, more and more research, um, a huge study by Brown University, I believe, about mm-hmm. why uh, practitioners should really proceed with caution when they're prescribing breathwork to people with trauma. So, Kristen, yeah. valid points. All right. And Tony has this to say, I find I get upset when I'm told to breathe in through my nose and out through my mouth as it ignores my challenges. I have a seriously underformed lower jaw 
talking. I can fit my thumb in between my upper and lower teeth with my mouth closed easily. The only way to remedy that is a surgery that includes having my mouth wired shut for two months. Tony, I'm impressed by what you can do with your thumb in your mouth. (laughs) Um, But also, yeah, you know, all of our air passageways are different. Our mouths, our nose, our little tubes inside our heads and throats. Like, it's all different. It is bizarre that we're like, this is the correct way to do it, even though bodies all form differently. It's like, how can there be a correct way if we all work a little idiosyncratically? Yeah. Um, There's not one size fits all. There just isn't. Right. The idea that there's one face that we all have, if that were the case, then we wouldn't be able to tell each other apart. I guess people with face blindness have that issue. That's a different book. That's a whole other book. (laughs) (laughs) And actually, Jen wrote in and expanded on this issue even more. She says, I have a deviated septum that's been repaired by surgery as much as it can be and still gives me problems. And listening to this episode gave me anxiety, especially the part about taping their mouths shut at night. Jen, turns out I also have a deviated septum. It was formed that way. Nothing I could have done about it. And yeah, it makes breathing through your nose so much harder. And That, I think, is why taping my mouth shut made me freak out so much. And Jolenta, remind people of what a deviated septum is, because that's not something everybody knows. Deviated septum is when, like, the structure of your nose, either it's broken and the air passageway sort of, like, curves one way or, like, tends to favor a certain nostril just by the way your nose is constructed. Either the way it's sort of formed in the womb, came together a little crooked, and one side allows for more air— Or you got your nose broken and the way it healed left it deviated. And that septum is like that middle part of your nose, that bone and cartilage. Don't quote me on any of this. (laughs) Also, there's like a TikTok video that's been viral for a while where there's like, wait, I heard people, if you don't have a deviated septum, breathing feels like this. And it's a girl who like flips her nostrils like sort of up and inside out and breathes a big deep breath through her nose and is like, what? Oh my gosh. And then a bunch of people like duetting it. (laughs) So like a lot of people are like, wait, I am not getting the breath I could be through my nose. And that's maybe why sometimes when people are like, breathe through your nose, some of us are like, (laughs) yeah, and like panicking. Molly brought up that sometimes it's not about our own physiology at all, but about the environment we're in that can make breathing difficult. Molly says, I live at 8,000 feet where there is already 5.5% less oxygen than at sea level. And while, yes, expelling air in a mindful manner can be helpful to me, many people have trouble breathing normally up here to begin with. It seems like this is the type of book that needs to come with a warning label or not be published in the first place. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even think about, like— where you are in relationship to sea level and how that affects the oxygen you're even taking in, let alone how your body is taking it in. Oh my gosh, duh. Yeah. This book doesn't talk about that at all. Yeah. And there's also like air quality issues in different parts of the world. Of course. There are so many factors that come into play when it comes to breathing. There really are. I I think about it being in some ways similar to food. Right. You know, people will preach to you about this is the way you should eat. And it's like, well, how many other factors are involved with how we eat? Yeah. Uh, Food systems, uh, distribution of wealth, and so on. It's like 
sometimes it goes beyond like what I want to do or what works for my body. And there's a bigger system out there. Yeah, it's what's available to you in the first place. Exactly. Yeah. So true. Um, We're going to take a quick break. Don't hold your breath. (laughs) But when we come back, we'll hear feedback from you for us, for how we live by the book. Stick around. Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Hey, everybody. We are back with listener comments about breath. And now, Jolenta, let's get to some more specific feedback for the two of us, starting with Lori. Lori says, I think the fact that you two found aspects of this difficult to achieve is a sign that you actually have a lot of work to do in the area of breathing to achieve the benefits he explains. Breath work is hard and can be uncomfortable, but that doesn't negate the good it does. You admitted some things like mouth taping were seeming to work a bit, but it didn't sound like you stuck with it or understood the larger picture of how to stimulate palate expansion by chewing, which would only happen over time. Exclusively eating hard things until your jaw hurts, taping your mouth when your nose is stuffy, and pursing your lips so hard they turn blue are, well, kind of nonsensical. Nothing you described as adverse responses of your body seemed dangerous to me, but sounded like you overdid things and didn't pay attention to your own body and had unreasonable expectations or just didn't get it. I feel you've done a disservice to many snorers, for example, who could greatly benefit from this book. Also, not all books need to be super enjoyable to read or be read cover to cover in a short time and acted on immediately or even entirely. This review makes me wonder how many books I brushed aside based on your negative takes on them. I mean, we are just two people, so, like, you gotta take reviews <laughs> with a grain of salt. Yes. Please, please do your own investigating into a book before you decide if you really don't want to read it. Because, like, again, we're just two people who decided to tape ourselves doing this. Yes. And, yes, breath work, having done it in theater school pretty extensively for three years, like, it is hard, it's uncomfortable, and it takes tons of time to really, really reap the benefits. I totally agree. And yeah, I would say like some parts Lori's spot on about like, yeah, the reason my lips turned blue wasn't necessarily because I was meaning to overdo it, but I wasn't paying attention to my body in that regard. And Brad paid more attention than I did. 
But yeah, there are some things that I also think the book describes as like universally helpful, which I think just like can't be because nothing's universally helpful. Is it? I guess water. (laughs) But you can drink too much water and die. I saw it on 2020 when I was a kid. So I don't know. You know? Yeah. And Lori, we get a letter similar to this or many letters similar to this every episode. Just full disclosure, uh, people who say you lived by the book wrong. Mm -hmm. You don't understand the benefits of this. So, Laura, you're not alone. Just so you know, there's a whole club of uh, listeners just like you who write in every week. Yeah. But enough feedback about both of us. Let's get to you, Kristen. All righty. Emma wrote in to say, Kristen, thank you for explaining that pelvic floor weakness can happen to anyone. Until I heard your recent episode, I'd been telling myself I can't possibly be dealing with this issue, even though I clearly am. Sadly, like a lot of women, I was taught almost nothing about pelvic floor health other than the fact that some women who've given birth, which I haven't, may eventually leak a bit when they laugh or sneeze. And even this is something I only learned in the past few years. I now know better thanks to you and will be discussing the issue with my doctor at my next appointment. Uh, Emma. I am so glad you're going to talk with your doctor about this. I'm really happy for you. Mm -hmm. And um, I agree with you, Emma. We are not taught enough about our pelvic floor health. And what you're saying here, I've heard so many people say this, like, oh, well, it can't happen to me. It's only people who've given birth, right? Right. I truly thought, like, not applicable if you haven't had kids. Yeah. And here's an interesting little factoid for my pelvic floor physical therapist. The majority of people she works on are dancers or former dancers because anybody who has a job like that where you constantly hold your core tightly, that has an adverse effect on your pelvic floor when you're constantly holding your core tightly. Oh. Right, because I know also gymnasts have this issue. Yes, and that's part of my issue also of why I've always been breathing wrong is because from a very young age, um, in a very uh, thinness-focused family – I was holding my core tight from the time I knew I had a core right. and constantly had it clenched up. And that was also interfering with me coughing and breathing correctly. So there's all sorts of issues that came into play there. So dancers have just as high, if not a higher rate of pelvic floor challenges as people who've given birth. Um, women who've been taught their whole lives to hold their stomachs in have a very high rate of pelvic floor issues. And then just people getting older. It just happens. Yeah. Totally. Like muscles lose flexibility, elasticity, strength. All of that. Yeah. We found out we've been relying on like something else instead of our pelvic floor and then are like, shit, got to get that in check. Yep. All of that stuff. But yeah, I agree, Emma. We're not told enough about this stuff. This should just be basic stuff we're taught in health class. Yeah. Let's talk more about the pelvic floor because also Kelly wrote in to say, Thank you, Kristen, for sharing your story about your issues with your pelvic floor on the last episode. Hearing your body's response to the exercises made me think that historically in medicine, or in this case, pseudo-medicine, women have been excluded from medical and pharmaceutical trials. I have not read the book, but it would be interesting to know if any of these breathing experiments that are being claimed as miracle cures have been tested on anyone with a uterus. From what I understood, most of the people mentioned in the book who were trying these exercises were men. I assume even the historical references to ancient breathing exercises were written by men. Good point. There was one woman I remember being mentioned in here. Yeah. And I think she was helping people who had scoliosis or she was helping them to breathe to straighten their backs and get more access Mm -hmm. to oxygen to their lungs. 
if I remember correctly. Do you remember that story, Jolenta? It's ringing a bell. Yes. Yeah. There's like a body worker. Yeah. And her methods are mentioned in there. But other than that, I I think Kelly might be right. I think like the other like 99% of people are men mentioned in this book. Yeah. Oh, totally. And like, you know, we have to remember like drugs can be approved by the FDA before they've even been tested on like people with uteruses. And it's like, hello. Yeah. What we glean from studies that we apply universally often is actually a study done on like a few men. And it excludes a lot of other bodies and body chemistry that could react differently. Yeah. But Jolenta, it's time to get to you because we also got some letters specifically for you this week. Let's start with this one from Michelle. Michelle says, I'm a singer who also had acting training throughout college. So I'm with you, Jolenta. Those breathing exercises and techniques are far more helpful than what's in this book. I mean, I'm biased, but yeah, <laughs> I was relooking. I like looked at some of my old voice class books after this and I was like, I know it, it tends to be one person's theory, like per book on like breath work, but like it's explained better. <laughs> like even some anatomy stuff is explained better in these like body worker breath work books where I understand like how my mouth is actually functioning with the hard and soft palate along with my articulators, like far better from other books. And same with even just how my lungs work, I feel like has been explained better in like acting books. (laughs) Acting, everyone. Go to acting school. Send your kids to acting school. Just be an actor. Don't. Don't. (laughs) It, it, it always has a cult vibe. They break you down and build you back up, which is part of the process, but it's also what cults do. So <laughs> be warned. <laughs> and Stacy also has a letter for you, Jolenta. Stacy says, is Jolenta okay? Are you okay, Jolenta? Not only were you allowing puns in this episode, you were appreciating them and even making some yourself. Stacy. I've been noticing this in myself as well. <laughs> I don't know if I'm okay. Not enough oxygen was getting to her brain. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've started appreciating puns more solely because I'm a ham and I know if I make them, it will make Kristen laugh. And I all I want to do is make people laugh. Also, I'd like to blame Brad, my partner, because now that he also works from home, I hear a lot of his news writing and sort of spitballing about like, what will we title the episode and just sort of his weird punny lead-ins to a story. And so I feel like just hearing all of that sort of news pun all the time has just sort of seeped into my pores and now it comes out of my mouth too. Or you're not exposed to anybody beyond me and Brad and now- That too. (laughs) And and now this is your reality. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. And like my therapist also like puns. So like I'm fine. <laughs> I, I for one appreciate it. I like it. <laughs> thank you for noticing, Stacy, And thank you for your concern. <laughs> Let's move on to a letter we got for our partners, which is always fun. Marion says, a big shout out to the partners this week. I loved how they called BS on how you were using the steps of breath. I hope everyone has a person who can ask them to step away and evaluate their actions. So glad you pointed that out in your verdict. Great episode. (laughs) Yes, yes. It helps to have a person besides Kristen or myself to be like, did you read that right? The book couldn't have said that. Or like... 
even if that's exactly what it said, just stop. Like, it's annoying or it's clearly torturing you. Or let me look at that. I, I interpret this completely differently. Yeah. It's always good to have a second set of eyes and like a, a brain look at what you're doing. <laughs> and that can be anyone. I don't think it has to be a partner by any means. It can be a friend. It can be a neighbor. It can be somebody on an online support group. There are a lot of people who can be like, hey, let's just take a step back here. Just a second mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. I don't know about this thing. here. Or even just reading like other reviews of the book to be like, oh, okay, someone thought this was BS while someone else thought this was incredible. And here are the reasons why. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yes, uh, we are with you, Marion. We are shouting out our partners this week as well. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, Dean. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thanks, Dean and Brad. We're going to take another quick break, but when we come back, we're going to hear from some of you out there about whether you're nose breathers or mouth breathers when you sleep at night. And of course, we're going to announce next week's book too. Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Okay, we are back, and we want to know... If all of you out there are mouth breathers like Kristen and myself. So we posted a survey to our Facebook page asking if you breathe through your mouth or your nose when you sleep. We got hundreds of responses and the results are in. It was a tight race. Kristen, please give us the numbers. Well, Jolenta, it seems you and I are in the minority as mouth breathers. (gasps) Only 41% of you out there are mouth breathers like us, the other 58% of you say that you are nose breathers. So, Jolenta, I, I, does that make us an elite group of people? I, I'd say that makes us special. Oh, okay. I was like, we're in the group of people with like noses that don't work right. <laughs> but. <laughs> But I digress. Also, question for that other 1% that's unaccounted for. What are you guys doing? Yes. I I don't really understand. I don't know. I hope they're breathing through their eyes. Oh, yes. Or ears. Yes. There are other holes. There's so many other holes. Not necessarily ones you can breathe through. (laughs) But while we're on the topic of mouth breathing, we also need to take a minute to note that some of you out there wish that we didn't even use the term mouth breather to refer to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Chelsea said, with the latest episode about breath, I think it's a great time to bring up how rude the term mouth breather can be. When people say mouth breathers to describe a group or someone, it honestly hurts my feelings. To pick on the way someone just breathes seems pretty low. Totally agree, Chelsea. The fact that Jolenta and I 
take back the term and laugh at it and use it for ourselves does not mean that we are in favor of pointing to others and calling them like, look at that loser over there. Look at that mouth breather. Like, Jolenta, you and I would never do that. Not at all. No. And it is bizarre that that's like a thing that that's so commonly picked on. It's like a phrase like, uh, people who breathe with their mouths, mouth breathers, like we universally like scorn them. Like what? How are we that fucking nitpicky as a species? We are. Yeah. Something that supposedly 41% of our listeners do. It's like, let's pick on this thing that like almost half of people do. And it's also just something we have no control over. Like, yeah, I guess like you got better genes or like a better like fucking skeletal structure that makes it easier for you to breathe. Great. (laughs) Sorry, I can't go in and like read you my like how my skull formed. Yeah, (laughs) it's just ableist. Like I, I as a kid just hated how often the kid who had the asthma inhaler and the allergy drugs is always the punchline of any movie with teenagers. It's like, but that's me. I'm the one with the inhaler who is like taking all the allergy drugs. I'm the one who is breathing through my mouth. Yeah. Such a pain. We agree, Chelsea. Very stupid. Yeah. Thank you, Chelsea, for writing in. And thank you, everyone who wrote in this week. We love hearing from you. And reminder, most of our letters come in through our Facebook community, which is Facebook dot com slash groups slash btb pod it's private so your friends won't see what you're posting there and you can talk about anything and now jolenta it's time of course it is the time when we announce next week's book our Our next book book is the book of hope a survival guide for trying times by jane goodall do times have to be trying What if I want to thrive and not just survive? What if I am hopeless? Will this book still help? Listen next week to find out. And that's it for this mini episode of By the Book. Huge thank you to our amazing production team at Stitcher. We love them so much. Corinne Wallace and Marcus Hamm. Thanks also to the composer of our theme song, Nate Wida, and to the Rizzos who performed our theme song. Please stay in touch. Let us know if you've read Breath, if you've lived by Breath, if you are breathing right now. Let us know. (laughs) Also, send us any questions or suggestions for future books for us to live by. Our email address is kristenandjolenta at gmail.com. You can also tweet us at ByTheBookPod. And reminder, our Instagram once again is at ByTheBookPod. And don't forget to rate us and review us wherever you're listening right this second. Look down. Hit five stars. It helps Stitcher know like people still like us. It helps everyone know people still like us. It also (laughs) helps other people find the show, which is great. Another way to help people find the show, just tell them about it. Word of mouth. That's still a thing. (laughs) Until next time, I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm Jolenta Greenberg. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Stitcher. 
Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. 